Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The following contest is scheduled for 60 minutes. Give me a hell yeah! Oh my god! The rain just exploded! I apologize, you son of a bubbly! I'm better than you, and you know it. Hello and welcome to Monday Night Gore. Yes, we are back. It has been far too long, but we are back in the game. Unfortunately, as you can hear, it's me, Connor, hosting, which unfortunately means that Andy Goldman is not with us and Rob Edwards is also not with us, unfortunately, due to other commitments. They cannot be here, but I have a suitable replacement. I have a man that you only need one of him. You don't need two because this man is special. I'm talking about Kayfabe Ian on Twitter. Ian Dander, how are you, my friend? What? 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 Yeah. 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 He, he called in the troops. He called in the backup. He said, he, he called me last night and he said, Ian, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, bro, I'm there. I'm there. It's not a Monday. It's a Saturday, but it's still Monday night gore. We love to see it. We love to see it. So good to be back. Connor, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about WWE right now. I feel like WWE right now, it's just where it's at. It's popping right now. Trips is in charge. The game. Um, so I'm very happy to uh, be talking about what's going on right now. Well, yes, exactly that. And it's been so long that we've been away that actually you are right to mention Triple H is now running. WWE has been for the past few months and you can see this change is starting to come in. You can see how excited everyone is about Raw and SmackDown. They are joys to watch. And this is going to be a WWE episode only. If you're looking for some AEW, don't you worry. I will have your needs fulfilled at some point in the future for that. But today we are solely talking about WWE. Now, Ian... We're going to have to reverse quickly, just go back to a week ago today, Crown Jewel. We won't spend too long on it because we have we have what we want to talk about on Raw and SmackDown. But I think it's very interesting card. I really enjoyed the card. I have my issues with it being in Saudi Arabia, but we won't get into that. We don't need to worry about that. We're going to focus solely on the wrestling. And just looking at the card overall before I want to touch on a couple of matches, it was a good card, wasn't it? You know, it was a really good card. And I think what they've done is pretty smart in a sense where they can put a good card together where it kind of feels like a super show, not in the glorified house show way, but in a way where they actually build into a big pay-per-view. But then in a way they can be like, okay, we're going to use these matches and some of them are going to be, you know, the big matches, but they're not always going to be the end or be all. If you look at Brock and Bobby on paper, you're looking at thinking, oh my gosh, I really wish this was on like a big four pay-per-view. And they're like, all right, cool. We're going to appease the Saudis. We're going to give them a big match. But they know for their hardcore fans, for their their actual fan base uh, over in, in the States, UK, wherever you're watching, you know, they're going to save that match clearly for another time with how it finished. You know, Brock just escapes, um, you know, quickly pinning Bobby, leading to Bobby, obviously attacking the match. So it's like, it's quite smart in a way. So, Give them the match, you know, give them the prestige of having that match, but also save the finish. Know that the finish is going to take place somewhere else. Um, and then even with the main event, you know, it's uh, it's Logan Paul. You know, he's a celebrity, social media sensationist, you know, stardom. But, you know, it's like, OK, cool. Give him Roman Reigns, give him Logan Paul. 
and let them have this big match because that's necessarily not going to main event at SummerSlam. It's not going to main event at WrestleMania, but it is big enough a match that, that you, could, you could put it on at Crown Jewel and people are still going to watch it. So, yeah, I think a good card. And you had, you know, matches like Bailey and Bianca, which is a long going feud that obviously feeling like, you know, had a satisfactory finish, um, a smart finish. Yeah, and then you have your Braun Strowman versus the big old Omas, the giants, the monsters. Like, yeah, okay, I'll see two big, big, you know, mother truckers hitting each other. Like, I'm down for it. It's cool, it's cool. So yeah, I think overall, good card. And yeah, enjoyable pay-per-view, for sure. I totally agree. And I think you touched on perfectly there what I wanted to talk about, Lashley and Lesnar. Not satisfied by the finish personally. However, we know what it's building for. It's building for another big match between the two where you will get your satisfactory finish. And you might not get who you want to win, but you're going to get that match that you enjoy. And it's going to be in front of a rocking American crowd rather than in Saudi Arabia. But as you said, it worked perfectly to appease the Saudis. And to be fair to the Saudis, I thought they were a lot better than they have been in past pay-per-views. They were getting more into it. They were doing more chants. And they didn't really sit there looking like they were totally bored like they have done in pay-per-views gone past. And, you know, you have to say hats off to Triple H because it was a card that I that I enjoyed watching. Before we get on to the main event and we talk about Logan Paul and Roman Reigns because I had my thoughts on Logan Paul and the guy cleaned out the park. I thought he was amazing. But what I wanted to talk about was the women's tag team titles. Now, on the Monday previous, Alexa Bliss and Oscar won the tag team title belts off of damage control. To then go to Saudi Arabia on Saturday and lose the title belts to damage control, albeit because of Nikki, Nikki Cross and her new sort of um, sort of turn. And obviously we'll get onto it because they're going to have the, the Survivor Series War Games, which we will touch on later. Did they solely win the belts that week just so Nikki Cross could have her, her heel turn, do you think, Ian? It's very weird. And I have to say, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of EO, Dakota and Bailey, uh, and always have been. You know, I really, really enjoyed EO and Dakota in NXT. And, but it just feels like since they've got to the main roster, damage control just doesn't work for me. Like, it just doesn't work. There's something missing. There's something not quite right. Um... They haven't really fully delved into why Bailey has recruited these two people, what they were doing. You know, Dakota was fired. You know, let's talk about that. Let's get into that. Let's let's have a passionate promo being like, you know, these people shipped me out of here, but now I'm back. Like, I'm here to prove to the world that I'm supposed to be here sort of thing. And I think even with Alexa Bliss, it's like, you know, they're trying to kind of almost make her into like a... Um, almost like a legacy act when she's, you know, not really... I don't even think she's hit her prime yet. But she's kind of playing a character where it feels like she's playing a bit of this and a bit of that. And, you know, she's kind of like going through the motions. But it's like, what's Alex Bliss's character? What's Oscar doing right now? So I think when you've had these elements coming together, I think it really much feels like things are just happening for the sake of happening. It doesn't feel like there's stakes. And so it's interesting. I, I was trying to figure out myself and I was like, why lose to win again? Do they want a title change at Crown Jewel? Uh, was it purely for Nikki Cross? Um, but it does make the titles feel like props. It does kind of make it feel like the titles are just kind of like, okay, let's use this moment to get this moment. You know, we'll get a pop on Raw, we'll get a pop on Crown Jewel. Um, and if it all is serving to build Nikki Cross, I don't understand why have her have this big return, you know, the main event between Bailey and Bianca a couple of weeks ago on Raw, and then have her lose the following week. Like, what's going on? Like, we are always clamoring for, you know, wins and losses. Yeah, come on. Let's, some people can take a loss, they come back from it. And I must say, under the Triple H regime, I do feel like there's been a lot, especially involved in the bloodline, a lot of um, interferences, 
a lot of people getting involved. That's been happening a lot. So I think when the moments when you want to do like a kind of cleanish like finish, I don't think it's when you want to have a return of Nikki Cross with a new character. So I don't know. I really don't know. What do you what do you think about that whole situation? I echo your sentiments there. I, you know, me and you were big fans of NXT back in the day, and we were big fans of uh, EO Sky, who was obviously EO Shirai back on NXT, and um, Dakota Kai, and we felt it worked. I mean, I remember um, Dakota Kai's heel turn on Tegan Knox back in NXT and thinking it was one of the best heel turns I've ever Ooh. seen. And they had that I'll unbelievable that match. They had that unbelievable match as well at an, at an NXT takeover. Um, and then I felt Kai got a bit lost. And then she ended up, as you said, getting fired. And then she's come back with with EO Sky now, should I say, and it's just not quite worked. And I don't understand why they would lose the titles on Monday just to lose it at Saudi Arabia because of Nikki Cross, if that makes sense. I don't think Nikki Cross is a big enough name to be the one to make that happen for them to lose the titles. But, and it makes it what you said, it kind of makes it like a prop and like, look how many times it changed. I mean, that, you know, damage control, you know, didn't get it at first. Raquel and Aaliyah got it and then they fought them a week later and then they won it. And then it was just like, okay, what's going on here? And then, you know, Bliss and, and, and Oscar have it for, five six days and then and it's just sort of like i don't really know what's i don't really know what's happening here and i I feel like it's getting a bit lost and i think bailey's character is almost getting slightly lost in it as well and and bailey is one of the main women on that roster i think if you look at the women's roster compared to the men's roster there are certain women that are carrying that roster and, and bailey is one of them and i think you need to make sure that you continue to push her well and kai and sky are so good they should be up there as well. And I just feel like like there's something missing there. And then I think on Raw, obviously, then it, it you know, it's coming about they're gonna have this, you know, the war games at, at Survivor Series, which, which is gonna, you know, bang and it's gonna rock the house. But then what happens? Mm. Then then where then where'd you go with that? And and I just found it very odd. I found it very strange. Um, but then they kind of made up for it because I thought the last woman standing match between um Bailey and Bianca was just unbelievable and the fact that she trapped her underneath. The ladder was sensational. I thought that was absolutely sensational. It's just dessert, Connor. We're eating desserts and no dinner. Like we're yeah. just eating. It's too sweet. I do. <laughs> I see. Too sweet. You know, like ah, oh, it's all great on paper. Dakota Kai, Eo, Bailey together on paper. That's like amazing. Like wow, yeah. what the hell? But you know, there's no substance. There's no layers. No. no. And um, that segues nicely, actually, into losses. Carrying Cross, Ian, Carrying Cross. Was I the only one that was surprised he didn't win that that match at Crown Jewel? Look, look. Carrying Cross is trash. Whoever's listening to me right now, Carrying Cross is trash. He been trash. He is trash. He will be trash. He's the trash Bret Hart. Trash there is, trash there was, trash there'll ever be. I am not a Karrion Cross fan at all. I blame that man for the downfall of NXT. I said it. I do. I really do. You but did. anyway, I am so confused. Okay. Bring Karrion back. Make him this deadly, you know, deadly heel. He's so menacing. Tick-tock, as he always says, and all this. You have a cage match. And Drew jumps out? Like, like a little boy? Like, what do you mean? 
Like, why is this happening? You have a strap match in which Scarlet sprays something into Drew's eyes. Okay, whatever. Fair enough. It's their first match. Get like a you know, sneaky win, you know. But I think to have a cage match and the whole idea of a cage match is to contain these two people inside the cage and like you fire out. And then for him to like just not win, but he wasn't pinned. It was like they're trying to protect him, obviously by not pinning him, but then like they want Drew to win. And it kind of just feels like, okay, but then what is happening now? This man got hit by a car. You got hit by what? You're in a car crash? Like, so weird to have him lose. I don't see any, if I'm being completely honest, I don't see any any purpose for Carrion. I don't see where he fits. I don't see what he adds to. I don't think beating him does anything for anyone. And I think him beating people can really lessen them. I think Drew was so hot going into Clash uh, and was amazing at Clash. And I think after Clash, it was, for me, really important to be like, okay, People are kind of like deflated now with Drew because it's like, okay, this was the moment for him to win it and get that win. He needs to have a few that really can try and keep his momentum going. And I don't think Karrion was the right decision for that. And I'm just hoping with that loss, they just move on and they find something else for, for Karrion, which, you know, as we've seen him put on this previous SmackDown, I'm not too sure where he's going. But yeah, it was weird for him to lose, but I'm, I am I don't want to see him. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Listen, that's that's absolutely fair enough. I, you know, that's understandable. It's it's a game of it's a game of opinions, and we all have them. Then you know, no opinion is right or wrong. And I do agree. I mean, now obviously, there is wrong opinions, Connor. If you think Karen Cross is good, you're wrong. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> okay, well, you know, on that bombshell, I can see the headlines now. Ian Dander getting picked up on all the, on all the dirt sheets. Karen and Cross is trash. <laughs> says Ian Dander from London <laughs> but no you make a very good point because now obviously as we'll get on to on Smackdown Drew's going to be involved in this Survivor Series war games against the bloodline with the with the brawling brutes so where does Karen Cross go and hopefully for you Ian he goes nowhere and we don't see him again for your for your sake right I'm quickly going to round up with with Crown Jewel I'm going to hit this main event Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul and I hated the idea of this i hated the idea of youtubers infiltrating and infecting wwe just like they seem to be doing with boxing you've obviously got mayweather versus deji this weekend i mean that is just another story that's just totally mayweather's fault anyway but these youtubers (laughs) coming into wrestling infecting the talent you know people like seth rawlins have lived for this forever logan paul thinks he can fling himself off a couple of turnbuckles and he thinks he's god's greatest gift but I have to say to the man, what a performance. He looked at home. He looked at ease. He was playing to the crowd. He was being the heel. He was great with the Usos. He was selling everything really well. I mean, that spear that Reigns finished him off with, he sold perfectly like a like a professional. And the right result happened. Roman Reigns had to win. But again, Ian, what you said with interference. I mean, is is our great tribal chief that we acknowledge ever going to win clean again? I think it's a case of like, I feel like this is a bit of a showcase. Um, I think they wanted to have like Jake Paul come out and uh, Logan's impulsive co-hosts and just to have that sort of excitement for people at the end, kind of give an element of 
we don't know what's going to happen. And I have to admit, I think they did a really good job of building this match to kind of seem like Logan Paul did have a chance because you had that thing in the back of your head thinking like, are they really going to do this? And I think when you have a reign this long, like Roman Reigns is, <laughs> Roman Reigns is reign, um, you kind of get into, you can get into a zone where you think, okay, no one's going to beat him. You lose interest in the match. And I think they did well with the lucky, the lucky shot idea. So I think, yeah, I can kind of see both sides to it. I think there was there was elements of people thinking that Reigns should just get in there and just squash him and just, you know, just beat him and get over and done with. But I think the difference between wrestling and boxing, like you brought up, is, you know, this is about entertainment. This is something where you want to create stories and tell a story. And for me, coming out of it, I think there was a bigger story being told with Roman, um, even though Logan obviously was the star of the match, and, and rightfully so, because of how impressed we were by him. I think there was a story with Reigns, as we saw in the ending. Um, so, yeah, with the interference, I'm not mad at it. But it is interesting to see, you know, you watch Logan and he he looks amazing. You just see the discrepancy and how hard this pro wrestling stuff is because you see Jake Paul come in, throws two punches and they looked awful. I was like, oh, my gosh. So in those moments when you really, like, realise how smooth everyone does it because you don't ever even think about it. But when he threw those punches, I was like, wow, that's what I would look like if I tried to throw a punch. <laughs> so um, I wasn't too mad at the interference. Um, there is, yeah, there has always been talk about him. Brain's always needing some backup. But I think it's just part of keeping him a heel because it's just too yeah. damn popular, you know? It's, it's, it's part of the gimmick as well, the bloodline. They all look after each other. They all support each other. And then obviously you've got Sami Zayn in there as well as an, as an honorary use, which is just yeah. absolutely fantastic. Got to be more Usy. Um, before we move on to Raw, Ian, would you would you want to see Logan Paul again in WWE? Would you be happy if he came back and did some cameos? Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult because he is a, just a natural heel. He's just a perfect heel. You know, the way he struts around, the way he, he talks, he's great on the mic. You know, he's got such a, he exudes confidence. But like you said, he has got, you know, unlikable elements about him. You want to root against him. Who does he fight? You know, if he really turns heel and he's kind of between at the moment, if he turns heel, plays the bad guy, you know, do, you, do I want to see Logan versus Drew? Not really. Do I want to see Logan versus, like, you know, you think about the baby faces you've got, Drew, I see him against Ricochet? No, you kind of need those big matches. And I think it's going to be interesting. I think if you pick the right opponent, it can work. I've seen rumours about him fighting John Cena, which I don't know I feel about that one. But, um, so, yeah. I do want to see him again, I think. And I just think with the ending of Crown Jewel, just to quickly bring it up, I just loved Roman at the end, just leaving and just Paul Heyman being like, you are the tribal chief. Like, you know, da, 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 hyping him up. And Roman just looking at those titles and just burying his face into them and overcome with emotion and almost crying. Because it's like, this is starting to get to him. The cracks are starting to show. This is a real, real test for him now because he's now in the slow cooker where it's like, how long has he got left? You know, and I think it's, we're starting to see the final chapters of what has been genuinely probably the best ever championship run I've ever seen. So yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. The Rock at WrestleMania Hollywood, maybe? Maybe so. Maybe so. And Johnson returns. Or is it Sammy? You know, there's options now. I think things have opened up. So yeah, it'd be very interesting to see actually. When does Sammy do his turn? When does Sammy do his inevitable turn? I I like the slow route. I like him tagging with Kevin, you know, then taking the tag titles. I like the slow build. 
Um, I don't necessarily think you need Roman versus Sammy for titles as well. So if it is a point where Reigns has lost the titles, I think I would just love to see the match eventually. Yeah. I agree. And, and Kevin Owens is a little bit of a loose end, so that could work perfectly for them. Um, on to Monday Night Raw, and I am going to have to start with the finish because we had the most embarrassing, the most shambolic. I actually feel sorry for the poor man. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Austin Theory's money in the bank cashing. And before we even talk about the epic fail, Ian, who who cashes in for the US title? Ridiculous. Who? Absolutely ridiculous. This situation was just like, what is going on right now? Like, what is actually happening? I think people have been like, oh, you know, it's just showing the relevancy of Seth's title run and how... Da, da, da. Who has Seth beaten as US champ? And how did he win those titles? <laughs> like, this is not John Cena US title run-esque. Like, it's not even in that bracket for you to be like, okay, there's a liable reason for Austin Theory to cash in. It was an open challenge as well. So it's like, there are so many reasons why it doesn't make sense. And Austin's whole character... Is him being the best and him being so young and him being so, you know, above where he should be at his age. You know, someone that young and abrasive and uber confident is going for the big championships. He's tried multiple times with Roman and you can bring up, obviously, they got the bloodline and whatever. But there is still moments where you can be like, he's going to try. He's going to try and sneak out. He's going to try and cash in before the bloodline come out or before they realise sort of thing. Um, it was terrible like it actually was really bad I do feel sorry for him and it was a count out as well like oh my gosh it was like everything you wanted to go wrong like went wrong like he really went through it um yeah poor fella what do you are you are you in the camp that this is Triple H trying to bury the Vince McMahon project is that are you kind of in that camp I don't, I don't know if Barry, I just don't think that Triple H is a fan of Austin Theory. Ever since Vince has left, his win and loss record has been appalling. He's lost, low, you know, he's lost so many matches. He's failed his cash-ins a number of times. I mean, the Clash at the Castle, Tyson Fury KO'd him. He's, he's failed on other occasions as well. Um, I don't understand why he just wouldn't go to SmackDown, try it on Roman Reigns, get annihilated by Roman Reigns. And then you 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 leave with your modesty. You leave with ah, oh, it's a bit rubbish that you've 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 you know you failed your chance. You go into the small pool of people that weren't able to do it. Your Baron Corbins, etc. But you know people go, nah, it's the tribe of chief, isn't it? So you know, fair enough. My man's undefeated, un unbeatable, and so we, you take it and you move on. But to make him lose to Seth Rollins in the way that he did, to get Lashley to absolutely annihilate him outside of the ring. Then for him just to get back in from the count out, but allowing Seth then to get back up to then curb stomp him and take the one, two, three. It's just like, whoa, what's going on here? I mean, you're literally hitting this guy with multiple punches, like, you know, and you're giving him nothing. You, you, you're giving him an annihilation by Bobby Lashley, getting curb stomped and pinned by Seth Rollins, who had been beaten to a pulp by Bobby Lashley. And then you've tried to cash in for the US title with a bloke who's held the belt for about a week yeah. after an open challenge that didn't happen because Lashley annihilated him and they couldn't they couldn't ring the bell. It's just I don't really know what happened. I, I don't know why they did it. And 
part of me thinks I'd, I'd like to think that Triple H isn't that harsh and wouldn't want to solely bury people, but I can't see why he would do that to anybody that he fancied. I, I just don't see it. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, Theory did start in NXT. Like he was dead during that during that time with the way Johnny Gargano, etc. So it is kind of weird, but I think it's yeah, it's something interesting. I think we have to kind of see where they go from now. I think Triple H was kind of thinking this cash in is just never going to work. Get it over and done with. Create a moment when people talk about it. Um, and I think maybe it's a case where I really feel like Money in the Bank is still so valuable and it has been devalued so, so much recently, both on the men's and women's side, in my opinion. And I think we really do need to go back to that place where people who win Money in the Bank is a stepping stone, which it was for theory. But I think it was just bad timing. You know, you've got Roman at the top. It's just never going to work. And I think get rid of the pay-per-view, um, bring it back to Mania and... I think they have to see what they do for now. That's basically what I'm thinking. You make you make a very good point there. They can't seem to get the balance right anymore, can they? With with Money in the Bank, it seems to be one person will do it on the night, guaranteed, and then the other one will carry it for so long, so long, so long that you'll almost forget they have it. It's completely irrelevant, and then you get to that point where they're either going to win and lose the title really quickly, like I think it was the Miz last year after he somehow won it off Otis, but whatever. And then this year theory took it all the way and then you know and then you just you kind of almost forget that he has it and he's off tv for a little bit money in the bank should always be on tv they should always be on tv it should be, always be lurking around the champion whatever it is whether it's just whether it's just reigns talking and theories in the background you know just something it should always be in and around but you barely ever saw theory and, and roman like in the same room and you just thought this guy is never ever gonna never ever gonna do it would you what what do we do with Money in the Bank then? You, you raise a very good point there. I've seen some people say, you know, maybe give it a miss for one year and then bring it back it bring it back the following year and then people go, oh, yeah, try and, you know, get it back. Or do you carry on with it and just try and put a new angle on it, a new perspective, or maybe maybe even shorten the, the limit of time that you have to, to cash in? I think you have to kind of go back to where it began and go back to basics and you kind of have to be like, okay, take it back to WrestleMania, make it a huge stakes match. And I think there has to be an impotent, like you have to acknowledge what's happened to it recently. And I think you have to build to a Mania match where you say, okay, you've got people cutting promos being like, I'm going to be the one who's going to cash in and I'm going to win. You know, and I think you have to have this idea where you know the person that you're picking to be the Money in the Bank winner. You can see them being a champion within the next year. I think the time limit thing is interesting putting a cap on it potentially um i think it can come in handy to get out of certain situations but i think you have to look long term and you've got to think about it and say all right whoever we're giving it to you know we've got to have a plan for them and that's where the two titles came into play because if you had universal wwe championship okay cool reigns universal champion all right who's wwe champion okay we can make it work they can cash in on that and i think that's what used to happen with the world heavyweight championship a lot back in the day CM Punk cashed in twice, whatever championship, Daniel Bryan, World Heavyweight Championship. Like it was kind of like use a secondary title to cash in on that. Still a world title. Um, so I just think completely, completely take it back to basics. I would say mania, but not even this mania. I'm saying the next mania. So yeah, take a break for a year, bring it back, WrestleMania 40, and be like, you know, money in the bank is coming back. I, I think it's a great, I think I think you make a very good point. But then however. You look at the women's and then you look at Liv Morgan, someone who was so over 
And then on the same night, cashing in, beating Ronda Rousey. And the pop she got, she was so over. And you're like, that's been done brilliantly. And then you go to the men's. Theory's thrown in there last minute, even though he's not supposed to be in there. He wins it. Crowd aren't even gassed. And, and the crowd can be gassed when a heel wins. They weren't with him. And he was fighting a losing battle from, from minute one. So in a way, they have showed that they can do it but they've also showed that they can't do it. And I think you make a very good point there by the fact that they can't do it. Maybe if they take a little bit of time and then but get both right. The, even with the women, the money in the bank has become a, uh, a quick pop. You know, Liv Morgan won. She got a great pop that night. But her, t- her reign was terrible. And it's like, okay, she's cashing on Ronda. She wins in a certain way. You know, she pins Ronda. They were just looking at that cashing. Nikki A.S.H., they were just looking at that cashing. You know, there's so many of them who cash in on the night and they don't go anywhere after that. You know, there's no long-term plan. They're like, let's just give them a quick pop tonight and then we move on. I think that's, it's so detrimental. Like, you want Money in the Bank to be a case of like, okay, this is a contract that we need to into what intertwine into storyline. I mean, Oscar, you know, Oscar, yeah. you know, was handed the championship, obviously, for certain circumstances, but it then leads to a reign where things aren't clear or don't really work in that sense. So I think it, really needs a whole break and a real look at what they want for the contract and what they want to do in the future. Just quickly, from Money in the Bank to another title, the 24-7 title. First time we'd seen it on Raw for oh, a number of weeks. Hadn't seen it in ages. To be honest, I forgot Dana Brooke was even the champion. She isn't anymore. She lost to uh, Nikki Cross, who is coming back and going back into her best form I think rather than this rubbish little Nikki A.S.H. superhero rubbish didn't like that I like the mad Nikki Cross won the title I can only assume she meant to throw it in the bin kind of missed slightly awkward I can assume that was a mistake I'm pretty sure it was meant to go in the bin rather than on the floor next to the bin but we get what we get we get what they were trying to mean is that the end of the 24-7 title that it gone Yeah, and it's fine. Like, the fact that she missed the bid as well was even better. Like, that's just, it's just, that was so apropos of what it meant, really, as a title. It was fun when R-Truth had it and celebs could win it or you could take it to, like, a, a late-night show and someone could roll over someone and pin someone or, you know, just get on a plane and him and some other people in that in that division are, like, chasing people around. But, you know, it doesn't really serve a purpose other than that really entertaining um, I've had rumours of the hardcore championship coming back. So I don't know, I guess we have to wait and see. Failure of a title then, in your opinion, 24-7? I think it did what it needed to do. I think yeah. it was some... At its time? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Perfect. And while we're talking about uh, Nikki Cross, it's been announced that um, Survivor Series will be a little bit different this this uh, this coming month. It will be a Survivor Series war games of two war games matches, men and women. Um, some of the women have been announced. You have obviously uh, Damage Control with Nikki Cross and you have uh, Belair with Oscar and Bliss, a couple more spaces to be filled. Um, what do you think about this then, Ian? Is that something you're you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think it would be great. It would be fine. It's so good to see War Games on the main roster. I think it was done so well in AXT. Um, I'm just a little. I was a little, a little bit bummed at how quick the pay per views can actually come around after Crown Jewel. I didn't realize how soon it was. Um, luckily for the women's, they've kind of with the, the, the trios, they've been feuding for a while, so it kind of makes sense for them to to be in that match. And it would be fun to see who they add to it. And um, 
they're going to kill it. They're going to have an amazing match. So I think, yeah, I think it'd be great. And I, and I, you know, part of me misses Raw to SmackDown a little bit, but then part of me is like, it's been done worse, way more times than it's been done good. And it's nice to not have like the brand supremacy thing. And you kind of take a break because like nothing matters because all of a sudden the heels get on with the baby faces. So yeah, I think it'd be a great match. I'm quite interested to see who they add women's women wise on, on each side. Would you say after this War Games match, that would be the end of the sort of damage control feud with Bailey and, sorry, with Bianca and um, Oscar and Bliss? Yeah, it's got to be, surely. I think it is just time to like put that to bed. They've kind of did what they need to do. Um, where Bianca goes from there, I don't know. Potentially uh, looking at Rhea in that sense. Um, Something you'd like to see? Yeah, I think so. I think Rhea, it's weird. I think Rhea is just doing so well on the Judgment Day. It kind of feels like you want to keep her in that separate zone. I know, obviously, she's kind of had the had the leveling factor come in, and um, yeah, I think I would like to see it in the future for sure. Well, it was a shame actually because Rhea was supposed to fight Belair a couple of months ago, and she got she ended up getting injured and had to have a last minute replacement. So that was actually a shame, but maybe it wasn't a shame because she's doing as you said. She is the star of of the Judgment Day, and I think we will get onto the Judgment Day. Don't worry, listeners, you will you will hear our opinions on the Judgment Day. But for me, I think she's a massive part and she holds the Judgment Day together. So I think you're exactly right. And I think with Mia Yim joining from, you know, coming back and looking like she's going to be a part of the OC now to level it up. I think that's brilliant. I think I think keep her there. And um, yeah, I reckon we'll probably take from there. So, yeah, Ian, as we were mentioning um, Rhea Ripley there, we may as well segue into the judgment day now uh the judgment day and the oc have been clogging up our monday watching viewing i think it's been great it's been great to have gallows and anderson back it's nice to have a little bit of an equalizing group to go with the judgment day um before i get on to a member of the judgment day who we saw do his little turn in person at clash of the castle in, in cardiff which was unbelievable absolutely amazing any wrestling fans get yourself over to the next pay-per-view that they're going to do and they will be doing another one I have it on good authority. Um, but before we get to him, what are your initial thoughts on on the Judgment Day? Is it is it a faction that you're enjoying? Um, I think it was. I it was obviously kind of affected, obviously by the the Cody injury, having to turn edge, um, to have a baby face, and then obviously him kind of destroying his creation. Obviously, things changed quicker than they expected, and I think they've kind of rolled with the punches. I kind of feel like the the pros for it are how much Rhea Ripley has benefited from it. I think if you look at Damien, um, he had a lot of potential and they were building him really well um, with his US title reign. And there was a lot of stock put into him. I think him and Finn have taken a back seat. Um, and I think that's okay. You know, they're both kind of coming to the end of their careers. They've still got a lot to offer, but I think Rhea Ripley is really your star of this, of this group. Using that to elevate her, to elevate Dominic. I think in that sense, it's doing exactly what it needs to do. And that's what factions should do. You use it to build someone and and push them onto higher things. So I think in a weird way with how things have worked out, it kind of has worked out for the best. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, actually. I do, whenever they come out, I, I make sure that I'm paying attention to whatever they're doing and, and what's happening with them. So I am enjoying them a lot, yeah. Mia Yim is back. Another one who was sort of let go in NXT. The equaliser now after Rhea Ripley was causing havoc with Gallows, Anderson and Styles. You happy to see Mia Yim back? Um, yeah. 
I think there's been a lot of returns, obviously, recently, a lot. And I think um, I'm glad she's returning in a situation where she has a purpose for her return. You know, she's coming back for something. Um, that raw crowd was rough. I mean, the whole night, I just thought they were so quiet. So even for her to return and just, you could hear a pin drop, you know, when she revealed who she was, um, which doesn't help when someone's coming back. Um, I'm kind of like, okay, they'll have their big match. Um, where does she go from there? Um, which is always a big question for me. Um, so I think it works for now, 100%. Um, yeah, OC, don't do it for me, personally. I just, yeah, they're just so boring. <laughs> Carl and Luke, I mean, they when they came in, I remember being so excited to see, you know, these former Bullet Club members coming over, you know, onto the main roster and onto Monday Night Raw. I think it's like, okay, we know they're AJ's friends, but like, what is there to them? You know, it's just, they're just his mates. You're kind of just there with him, you know? So I think it'll be good for the match, but I don't know what happens after. I find that quite interesting, the point you make there, because if you look at when they moved to AEW and they were with Kenny Omega and Don Callis, and I thought it worked really well and I quite enjoyed watching them. And you make that point, it came back and it was like, oh, they're back, okay. And then now it's just like, oh, they have a match with the Judgment Day. Oh, Rhea Ripley's body slam them. Oh, okay, they're going to do some silly little segment backstage where they pretend that they're really hurt. Oh, okay, now what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to do the same next week. So I think I, I totally see your point, and I don't think this has longevity, but I think it fills a couple of weeks on Raw, and I, and I think that's what they want to do. Dominic Mysterio, Ian. Mm. enlighten me with your thoughts because i think this kid is rubbish i think he's <laughs> terrible mate i don't, oh, I don't think he can wrestle um, i don't think he can talk um i don't know what this guy can do um, i mean he is being carried he is being carried oh connor tell him how you really feel by he's being yeah. carried by rhea ripley by finn balor by Damien Priest. The guy, he's just turned on his father, man. What what a story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, you can't talk. <laughs> Bro, come on. This is your moment. This is I your think, time, my brother. I think there was an issue when it was him and Ray and they were kind of just like the happy father and son who were kind of like cruising along and doing their own thing and... It's like, okay, what is the purpose of this? Like, are you going to go to NXT? Are you going to, like, build yourself up? Like, what what's going to happen? I think I love when real life and wrestling can intertwine and you can have something that just feels so organic and it makes sense. When are you ever going to see a father-son duo who are both actively wrestling at the same time? So I think for the storyline purposes, it's just been perfect. You know, him turning on his dad at Clash was absolutely incredible. Um, I think even when on Raw, as soon as he gets the mic, the crowd are booing the hell out of him. There's like a and and you're feeling it, you know, you're you're feeling it right now. There's that innate hatred towards him, and people are just like, get this guy off. And I think they love that. I think they're playing off that. I think his new look is great. You know, he kind of looks like he's you know he's not wet behind the ears anymore. He's got a little bit of something about him, you know. And I think with Rhea, it just works, you know. I think his personality and his character and the way he's portrayed on TV, then with Rhea's character, it works hand in hand. It feels it feels natural. It feels like a good chemistry and it kind of, you know, yeah, he's still very young and 
obviously there's a lot of people who are much better at him than what he does. But like I said, not everyone is Rey Mysterio's son. Not everyone's going to be in a situation. And I think storyline-wise, it's more important for the story for him to be that guy. And we're going to look back in 10 years and think, yeah, Dominic is the man. You know, the, the amount of experience he's getting now, the advice from all these veterans around him. I am in the Dominic Mysterio camp. I'm in the camp. I'm in the camp. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Listen, I like the storyline. I like the way they did it. We were there. We were there at Clash. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I remember turning to Andy, dear friend of the pod, um, and being like, oh my God, this is this is amazing. Like, what what's going on? But the guy needs to have lessons, bro. He needs to get himself back to the performance center, mate. Brush up on the basics, little bit of mic training, and then my man can come back and he can and he can work it out. Because at the moment, they're so embroiled in this OC thing. If he went missing for a couple of weeks, don't think many people would be that bothered. Don't think that many people would be too too bothered. And then he comes back and it's like, whoa, look at this guy. Guy can talk, guy can wrestle, and I still want him off my screen. And that's that's the perfect scenario, but I'm sure we will get there. Dominic, I know you're an avid listener. I do enjoy watching you on the screens. I do, I do. But you really need to work at some of the basics, my man. You need to work at the basics. <laughs> Um, before we move on to SmackDown, unless there's anything else that you wanted to, to cover on Raw, um, a quick word on the new announced team. So for Raw, we now have Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick. Uh, for SmackDown, it's Michael Cole and uh, Wade Barrett. But Pat McAfee, I believe, will be coming back once the NFL season is over. So whoever is a Pat McAfee fan, he will return, whether they then become Cole, McAfee and Barrett might be be quite interesting or whether Barrett maybe goes back to NXT. Who knows? And on NXT, it's Vic Joseph and Booker T. How are you feeling about Kevin Patrick and Corey? They've had a, they've had a few weeks now. What are you what are you thinking? I don't think they really work. Um, I don't think they really work at all, really, actually. Um, I feel like they do need that third man there because uh, Corey has such a big heel persona sometimes. Um and, you know, obviously Kevin's a bit, of, he's the lackey, you know, and they have their little thing. But I don't think it really works. I'm um, I'm willing to give them some time because obviously they've just started. It, it takes time for uh, for teams to build chemistry. Some teams have it straight to, straight away, some others don't. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I'm not really vibing with a Raw. I mean, because Raw is such a long show as well. It's three hours and you're hearing those voices for quite a while. It's a bit like, mm, I don't know, it's not really hitting for me. Um, at the moment, it does feel a bit tired. It feels like it's gone back a little bit. Um, so yeah, and then SmackDown works for me. I think Way Barrett. I mean, Michael Cole's the goat of announcement. Yeah, he's just the goat. So I think anyone Michael Cole was with is just always going to be pretty good. I agree, and I feel with Kevin and Corey. I don't know who's leading. Yeah, I don't know who is the commentator and who's the summarizer. So when you have SmackDown, you know Michael Cole is the main man. And Wade Barrett's summariser. Even on NXT, whatever you think, you know Vic Joseph leads and Booker T is sort of, you know, the summariser. But with Kevin and and Corey, I'm I'm listening and I'm like, which, which one's leading? I, I don't really know. They seem to just sort of take over from each other and find it a little bit weird. But I am fairly happy that Byron's been demoted to backstage so I don't have to listen to his, to his voice anymore. Very happy with that. <laughs> Um, right, let's go from Monday to Friday to Friday night SmackDown. For me, the GOAT brand at the moment. When I when I wake up on a Monday and I've got my wrestling week to look forward to, I'm most looking forward to Friday to watch SmackDown because I just think it it's just hitting all the right notes. 
And I don't think this Friday let us down again, really. You know, a limited number of matches, but I th- but I think it was perfect. And we kicked off with, um, I tweeted it on on the uh, the Monday Night Gore account, the Usos versus the New Day. Now, Ian, I swear to God, if these guys go for however long they go, I swear to God, I could watch this when I'm 30, 40. And if they're still wrestling, these guys are going to bring the house down. It doesn't matter how many times we watch this, this match, how many times we see these tag teams go together. It is just an unbelievable match. And I get bored of seeing the same matches. I always have a go at WWE. You know, they, they're the worst for it when they just do match after match after match of the same thing. But these guys tore the house down once again, didn't they? Oh, they're amazing. I think that I think on Raw, their promos back and forth were just absolutely incredible. And I'm just so annoyed that the crowd just didn't really give didn't them react. any because they gave the promos of their lives, both teams. And I think it's such a, it's a few that we've kind of, uh, it's developed over time and we've kind of grown with them in time and we've seen where the Usos have started and where they've arrived and we've seen how the Usos of um, the New Day have grown over time as well. And it was, just, yeah, it was one for the ages. It's one to go back to. It's that legacy tag team versus legacy tag team and the stories worked out for it. And yeah, they had a great match. Absolutely fantastic match. It's a shame because the New Day really now are just spinning their wheels at the moment. So it was like watching them was so nice to have a moment where you're like interested in them again, invested in them again. Um, and hey, had the New Day had a bit more build as of recent and had a few more changes or just something to them, it could have been uh, even better. But what they gave us was was absolutely incredible anyway. So it's always nice to see them wrestle. It really was. And it means a lot because now the Usos will overtake their longest reign of being tag team champions. So fitting that they had to beat them for that to happen. I do agree with you, though. Not too sure where the New Day are going. Feels like they're waiting for Big E to come back. But Big E has had a horrific injury. I mean, I, I really don't know whether, you know, how long Big E is going to be out for, whether he'll even be able to wrestle again. I mean, it was an absolutely horrendous injury. But you can tell they missed that third person and they don't really have a storyline it lacks tag teams smackdown in my opinion you have the brawling brutes you have the new day legado del fantasma is starting to come up a little bit i guess obviously the return of the viking raiders which we will get to as well i'm sure somewhere down the line they're gonna have it but it lacks sort of a tag team that's been built up obviously hit row as well but not really been built up and i feel like they're going to need to start doing that for when they do decide that the Usos have, were going to have their decline and whether their decline comes before Roman Reigns is, you know, who knows? That's up That's up to creative. But you just know when the Usos step in the ring, when the New Day step in the ring, you know, they're going to bring the absolute house down. And there I mentioned, Ian, the Viking Raiders returning. We were supposed to see a match between uh, Hit Row and Legado del Fantasma. Also, I find it really, really weird that they brought Legado del Fantasma to the main roster and then just replaced Electra Lopez with Zelina Vega and just didn't even address it. I found that really, really weird. But we'll, we'll get on to that because we don't want to take the, the the light away from the Viking Raiders returning. And they came back with um, Sarah Logan as well. Another one who was fired and has returned. He's just bringing everyone back that Vince got rid of, isn't he, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I think regarding this situation, you know, if I was in a room with Triple H, I'd say to him, simply who? And then he'd say, who what, Ian? I'd be like, who cares? What? Sarah Logan cannot wrestle. Let's not try. She's she got, she got some funky face paint. She's got the cool Viking. Va- no, no, she can't wrestle, okay? She cannot wrestle. 
the Viking Raiders have been, ah, oh, they've just been really, really brought down and rebranded again and again and again. I just didn't feel excited at all. They've been butchered. They're great yeah, they're great wrestlers. They're fantastic. But I think you lose trust in acts when you've seen them multiple times being given chances and then things don't work out. I'm not necessarily saying that's their fault, but I think there is a case where it gets to a point where things are a little bit too watered down that it's hard to get excited about certain things. And I think now with so many returns that we're having, and it's crazy to think that we're complaining or I'm complaining about how many returns there is because on a paper that should be a great thing. Um, I just feel like it loses its allure and you just kind of there like, oh, okay, look, this person's back. Oh, they're back. Oh, okay, this person's back. So I'm not really that excited. Um, yeah, they'll have a good couple of matches. Where does it go from there? Can I see the member challenging the Usos potentially? Do I see them beating the Usos? No, I think only Sami Zayn and KO are the only viable tag team. They're not even a tag team yet. No, exactly. <laughs> and KO's not, you know, not really doing much at all. So I think it'll be interesting when he comes back. Um, you make a good point there, though, about all these returns. They might get themselves in dangerous water here because SmackDown's a two-hour show. Raw's a three-hour show. There's only so many people you can fit into these shows before you start running out of time and you start having one week on, one week off. AEW have, have done it when they took over with Ring of Honor and they took all these Ring of Honor people on and then realized that all they really had was a two-hour show on a Wednesday and an hour show on a Friday. So then people got left behind in the cracks now and people are looking like they want to come back. Malachi Black, aka, AKA Alistair Black on WWE, wants to come back. Andrade wants to come back. Adam Cole apparently wants to come back. Kyle O'Reilly, Bob, uh, Bobby Fish wants to come back. So you kind of get into this dangerous water is if you keep bringing back these people you ain't got the time to to put them on you you have invested so heavily in the bloodline where are these other returns going to fit in where where are they going to fit in and and i think that's why you know you you are very right to not really rate a lot of these returns because you start to think oh okay and then you go well, I'm not going to see you next week, am I? Because where are you? Where are you going to go? So I think I think you make a, a really viable point there. And they're so in on the bloodline. They're so in on Sami Zayn. I was actually a little bit gutted that he wasn't really that he wasn't there this Friday. But you know, he'll be back. Don't worry, he'll be back. Um, also, really love Solo Sokoa as well. I think he's I think he's an excellent addition. The guy just doesn't even move. His facial expressions just <laughs> remain the same. Um, and this will segue nicely into, uh, well, I say the main event. It wasn't a match, but uh, Roman Reigns came out, you know, started to do his thing, had the bloodline with him. Brawling Brutes come out, Pete Dunn, Ridge Holland. And then Sheamus's music hit, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, being annihilated by the bloodline. He returned. Drew McIntyre came out as well. And now we know that it will be the bloodline against the Brawling Brutes with Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and obviously we have one more person to be announced there. This will be the main event of, of Survivor Series War Games with Ease. Is it something that Ian Dander from London wants to see? 100% yes, yes, yes. I think it's um it's just come together really nicely. I think there was a point where people were like, okay, what are they going to do for War Games? Clearly the bloodline fit one side. What's going to happen on the other side? I think the Brawling Brutes have done really well. And I think they've got themselves over, to be honest. They've had pretty rough booking. I mean, if you look at Butch, you know what's happened to him. They've just worked so hard to kind of really get themselves over, get themselves across in a certain way. And I think Seamus's matches with Gunther have just taken him to another echelon. 
where now people are really invested in Seamus again. This guy's been around for so long and it's just crazy because it always feels like, oh, look, Seamus is relevant again. Like, Seamus is popping off. It's like, he's, this guy's been around since, like, 2010 or something. Like, you know, he's, he's still going so strong. So I think it's come together really well. You've got a real, like, viable threat with the Born and Brutes, with Seamus, and then Drew just coming out. Black tank top, jeans, music blasting, ready to kick some ass. You know, we love to see it. So I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I think they're going to beat the hell out of each other. Um, I think the final member of the other side is, in my opinion, it's just got to be Kevin Owens. I think it makes sense storyline-wise for it to be Kevin Owens. Um, and I think with that extra element, it's just going to lead to a just a, such a great situation where there's just so much chemistry between the two teams and reasons for fighting. I think, yeah, it's going to be a main event of main events for sure. I agree with you. I think it's going to absolutely rock. I think they're all on the form of their their lives. I think Butch and Ridge Holland, I wasn't sure about the name Butch when he came up, but he, they've been great. They really have. They've been great. They've been great with Seamus and they're a great little trio. couple of things to quickly finish on, just a quick little, your thoughts. This little World Cup thing that they're doing, obviously playing on the fact that the FIFA World Cup in Qatar is just around the corner, but nice to see people like Shinsuke picking up wins something you're happy to see weekly a few faces that normally wouldn't get on having a couple of matches yeah i think tournaments are always fun and it's nice to see something to follow along with and i think it's just a good good ish use of time um depends what their end goal is here you know if the person wins is it going to be like a shane mcmahon situation best mm-hmm. in the world whatever or you know i don't want someone running around the trophy being like hey, i won this smackdown world cup and you know I think it's good to have, yeah, nice to have a tournament and nice to kind of have something to be invested in with people with the mid-card and, yeah, create some more storylines. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's nice. I think it also is a case of, like, okay, you know, like you're saying, SmackDown being a two-hour show, could you use that time as well to build some of the people you brought back? I mean, Emma has just returned, you know, yeah. fought Ronda Rousey and then she's backstage and she's like, where's Mad Cat Moss? Girl, What? He was fighting the most dangerous woman on the planet for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You're looking for Madcap? Like, what? Shots say, like, yeah, you got a crush on him. Gets choked out. I was like, what is going on? Um, I do, I have to admit, I did love Shayna and Ronda just bullying Shotzi. I think that was great. I think just them two being together, I mean, I think it works. I think they works both have, have flaws, both of them, but together they kind of work together and help each other out. So um yeah, I think it, it it's nice for sure. And um but yeah, I, I do think that the time could be used to build some other people. I mean with the six pack with the women, is it six pack? The women yes. The women. yes. Um again, short build, you know, multi women match, give quick them quick match as well. Didn't spend match. a lot of time on it. I thought that was quite weird for six of them. Yeah, exactly. And and Lacey, I don't know what's that. going on with the character. Uh Raquel. I think Raquel's amazing. I think she has so much potential. Um, just, just being generic babyface number two, you know, probably 2K character. Like, you know, there's not much going on there. And I think Chelsea getting the win is nice. Um, Never going to win, though, is she? Let's face it. I'm going to beat Ronda. And it's a case of, you know, what what happens then, you know? I, I think we're lacking in challenges for Ronda. I really do. And I don't know what the, the status of, the Queen is in Charlotte Flair, whether she'll be back soon. But really, she's the only one I look at and think she's the only one who can beat her. None of that roster 
is good enough. Mm. They're really not. And unless, you know, when when the likes of maybe Becky comes back and you maybe move, you could potentially move her to SmackDown. But yeah. other than that, I don't think you have anyone who can really challenge Ronda. But in case the listeners didn't see it, there was a, a six-pack uh, women's match um, to give the uh, number one contender for Survivor Series War Games and Shotzi did win. So it will be Shotzi against Ronda. I mean, I don't really need to ask Ian who he thinks is going to win because, you know, everyone knows that it's going to, that it's going to be Ronda Rousey. But yeah, nice to see Ronda back um, with Shayna Baszler. You know, they work well together. They obviously used to train together in, in MMA. Shayna helped her big time when she first joined WWE. So very happy with that. But you are right. You know, it's the lack of building, isn't it? Emma comes back from out of nowhere. And like you said, he's looking for Mad Cat Moss. I mean, whoa, come on. Turn on. Turn on. Oh, my gosh. And then they just hug each other. So it's it's crazy. I am, I am disappointed in the women's division in particular. And I think I started watching NXT in 2014. I think the, the first ever takeover I watched was the, um, the one where Sasha Banks and, and Becky Lynch fought each other. Um, and they had the NXT Women's Championship match. I remember thinking, wow, like, I've never seen this time given to women. I've never seen women this great. Obviously very hard to compare Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch who are generational stars. But I just feel like, yeah, the main roster with damage control and Ronda and you're looking at both sides and you're thinking, you know, Vince relied heavily on the four horsemen and it makes sense because they are the stars of this generation. But I think I was expecting more on the Triple H, more build with the women and more time given to them and more storylines. And yeah, I feel like I'm not getting that. I just, I don't really don't feel like there's that urgency for that. I couldn't agree more. And obviously with the fallout of Banks and Naomi with Vince before, um, and obviously having their titles taken off them, we're not sure what the status with Triple H is. I assume they will probably be in talks to come back, but whether that happens, who knows? Because even though Vince has stepped back, Obviously, the McMahons still own the business and I'm sure he will have a slight little say in there as well. Now, Ian, we're running out of time, unfortunately. Our, our great listeners are very busy in the world, in their lives, in the world, and they will need to carry on with whatever they're up to. But I can't finish without talking about another return. And I'm very sorry, Ian. I know your feelings on returns. I know you're not a fan. But I need to know what you have thought about the return of one Bray Wyatt. Mm. Saw the return at Extreme Rules. I thought it was very coolly done with all his sort of personas coming back. The fact that he's got these demons, he's come out, he's done a few chats. And then on Friday, just stands up to LA Knight, gives him a little oosh, headbutt, bang, see you later. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. One runs off. LA Knight's like, where's he gone? Bro, this is something that I didn't know I needed, but now I've seen it. Now I've seen it hinted. I need to see this. Uh, this was Usi. This was very Usi for sure. You know, um, I think with Bray, his return has been excellent for me. I think I've just loved seeing him come out there. Sorry, and he... Ian says a return has been excellent. What's happened here? What's going on, man? What is going on? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think. But there was getting to a point where it's like, okay, he's back. What's he going to do now? Like, what can he actually do? And I didn't want him to come out every single week and just be like talking to himself. Oh, I'm doing this, doing that. Someone comes on the screen, back and forth, move on. So for him to actually have a confrontation backstage, because this is his idea. You know, I obviously, a lover of film, I'm 
obviously very interested in in characters and story in the visuals but this is wrestling how do you get this man in the ring and i think in one week they kind of answered that and said look we'll keep him doing what he does um but yeah let's get him in the wrestling ring let's have him feuding with someone let's have something going on you know the undertaker was the undertaker but he still had to wrestle you know he still had to, had to have a reason for being you do have to toe a line between the two so i know i agree with you man completely i think it was very cool very unexpected but it just felt like it worked and i think la knight is just so gifted on the mic i think he will really sell the story well um and it's nice to see him so fresh like so so fresh he's so different for bray you know it wouldn't have made sense for him to go back to someone he's already feuded with before so yeah big fan of it big big fan but it just shows difference doesn't it between triple h and vince i mean vince puts la knight in this stupid maximum male models rubbish <laughs> you know completely takes away the la knight name and everything that was good about la knight and nxt everything that we were gassed about when nxt announced that they were signing la knight put him in this rubbish h has taken off the shackles and gone go and be la knight and putting him with bray wyatt is excellent for both parties and something that i am really really excited about unfortunately though that will ha- we'll have to do we will be back we will try and be back a lot sooner than we have been we'll try and not make it a massive hiatus again ian we've mentioned nxt there before just before i go have you have you have you seen any of it are you invested i'm not uh, i'm not too uh, huge i'm not gonna lie it's not really for me at the moment really watch nxt uh no. yeah Black and gold died. I was like, uh, okay, and then uh, my yeah. is- so it's I, kind I, of I, dead. I hear, I hear some good things. I hear people still enjoying it, and I, I, I do. I saw Kamala Hayes before I kind of dropped off. I think I'm excited for him to come up, um, and I think uh, there's a few other people down there, and I've seen The Rock's daughter is now involved. Yeah. In action. So they've got some cool things going on. So um, I'm hopeful, and with Shawn Michaels, I hope they can try and bring things back up because you you know it's good to have that developmental developmental system and, mm. and look forward to the main roster so yeah i think man putting mandy down there as well has been great not only for her but also for the 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 stars around her and we'll see a few that are coming up but as i said unfortunately that is all ian thank you so much for joining us absolute pleasure as always i mean that clip of you saying carrying cross is trash my friend that is going to go absolutely viral so make sure that you turn your dms off all right, make sure that you're ready for the abuse that you're going to get. You know, oh, Dave Meltzer is going to be coming for you, Sunshine. He's going to yeah. be coming for you. <laughs> but no, Ian, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very, very much. What a great show. And thank you, listeners. We are back. It will not be this long. I will get Rob and Andy out their cave or wherever they've been hiding and we will get them back. Ian will be joining us as well we'll get him on more regularly we know we love his opinions we love his hot takes and we know that you want to hear more of him as well don't worry AEW fans we will be giving you your fix of AEW. we will do an episode on that uh when survivor series war games comes around as well we will be going through that and once we know when we know the full card we'll be doing a preview episode on that but for now everybody keep tuned Follow us on Twitter, Monday Night Gore. Follow us on Instagram, Monday Night Gore. We will be posting stuff and we will be keeping you all updated about when the next episode is going on. But from me, from Ian Dander, thank you very much and we will see you next time.